Well, today being um, the Sunday before Thanksgiving, uh, we're going to have several people share uh, things that they are thankful for. And uh, the first person that I'd like to come forward before I get into the uh, message today and share uh, what she's thankful for is Mandy Standinger. Uh, Mandy has uh, been a part of our church now uh, from very close to the very beginning. Uh, she was one of the uh, first people that came to the church as a result of uh, uh, outreach that we did, just going around neighborhoods and knocking doors. And uh, so she's been with us for quite a while, and we want to hear from her what she's thankful for today. Hi, everyone. Um, I've been coming. My name is Mandy Staniger. I've been coming to the church for about seven years. Um, and these seven years, I've met some wonderful people that I really call my friends. Um, through the seven years, I've overcome many obstacles. Um, I had a um, death of my father at a young age, um, a divorce, um, a loss of a child, and a paralyzation accident. Um, but these obstacles have been put in my path, but the people around this congregation have helped me through all of these things. Recently, I've started to have lower abdominal pain and started to pray for healing or an answer. I was recommended to a gastrointestinal doctor who gave me the option to have a procedure that would try to change the questions that I was having. Many people in the church started to pray for me, and I felt released from the pain. I had the procedure, and the news was not so good. Then they found seven colon polyps that they had to remove with a biopsy. Um, for you that know me, I have a seven-year-old daughter, and I'm a single mom. Um, well, after waiting several days, and the church praying and coming up here and praying with people, um, the polyp spots came back benign. And I just want to thank God because God is so good. Um, I want to tell everybody how thankful I am this Thanksgiving for my wonderful church family and for the positive believers that help me see how good God really is. Good job. Thank you, Mandy. Also wanted to mention, uh, before I get into the message today, uh, Assistant Pastor Ben is here today. Uh, Katie just gave birth to a child. I understand the, the lad has been named Reuben Justice Yee, so we, uh, we welcome Reuben. Amen. All right, well, you can go ahead and turn your Bibles to the 136th Psalm. Just hold your place there. Uh, this Sunday before Thanksgiving each year here at Vineyard Patascala, we like to remind ourselves of the importance of gratitude and how much we truly have uh, to be thankful for. You know, it's incredibly easy in a world with 24-hour-a-day access to news that is almost always negative to, to allow ourselves to focus uh, on what is wrong in the world and to lose touch with those things that we have to be thankful for. You know, it's very easy to become focused on things like uh, contentious elections, uh, falling stock market, natural disasters, wars, potential wars, as well as the daily challenges that uh, each of us face in our own lives, you know, difficulty at work, financial pressures, uh, health problems, relational problems, and um, I'll stop uh, before I discourage us all. Uh, and, and so 
we, we really sometimes can allow ourselves to get to a place where we become quite negative and we fail to properly consider that even in the midst of all of the difficulties of life, there really is an awful lot for us to be thankful for. You know, we don't allow ourselves to consider this much, but when we focus exclusively on the negative and we forget all of the things that we have to be grateful for, when we do that, it is displeasing to God. Losing touch with gratitude uh, is displeasing to, to God because what a lack of gratitude really is is this. It is a diminishing in our own hearts and minds of the goodness of God. It's diminishing God's goodness in our lives. When we aren't grateful, when we don't have an attitude of thanksgiving, we are failing to properly consider how good God is to us. And throughout Scripture, we are encouraged time and time again toward thankfulness. We're encouraged toward thankfulness for God. And we also see thankfulness for one another modeled in the Scriptures. And so over the next few minutes, I want to look at two different passages of Scripture. Uh, One that encourages our expression of thanks to God. And one that models thankfulness for each other. The title of today's message expresses my, my own feelings today, my, my own attitude today. It's the attitude that I hope all of us have, uh, or if we don't, I hope that it's the attitude that we'll have uh, by the time that we leave here today, and it's simply titled, Thankful for God and His People. If you are at the 136th Psalm, just follow along as I read. Give thanks to the Lord, for He is good. His love endures forever. Give thanks to the God of gods. His love endures forever. Give thanks to the Lord of lords. His love endures forever. To him who alone does great wonders. His love endures forever. Who by his understanding made the heavens. His love endures forever. Who spread out the earth upon the waters, his love endures forever. Who made the great lights, his love endures forever. The sun to govern the day, his love endures forever. The moon and stars to govern the night, his love endures forever. To him who struck down the firstborn of Egypt, his love endures forever. And brought Israel out from among them, his love endures forever. With a mighty hand and an outstretched arm, his love endures forever. To him who divided the Red Sea asunder, his love endures forever. And brought Israel through the midst of it, his love endures forever. But swept Pharaoh and his army into the Red Sea, his love endures forever. To him who led his people through the desert, his love endures forever. Who struck down great kings, his love endures forever. And killed mighty kings, his love endures forever. Sihon, king of the Amorites, his love endures forever. And Og, king of Bashan, his love endures forever. And gave their land as an inheritance, his love endures forever. An inheritance uh, to his servant Israel, his love endures forever. To the one who remembered us in our lowest state... His love endures forever and freed us from our enemies. His love endures forever. 
and who gives food to every creature. His love endures forever. Give thanks to the God of heaven. His love endures forever. The psalmist lists out just numerous reasons why his heart is full of thanks to God. And while some of the specifics are different, generally these are the same reasons that our hearts, even in the face of the difficulties of life, should be filled with thanks to God. First of all, we should be thankful for who God is. The first three verses of this psalm draw our heart to praise God, draw our hearts to praise God for who He is. Verse 1, He is good. Verse 2, He is the God of gods. Verse 3, He is the Lord of lords. Now these phrases, God of gods and Lord of lords, are not intended to present God as the best among many gods. That's not what they're intended for. They are intended to present him as the only true God, even though men and women worship many gods that are false. He's not the best of many. He is the only. He is the only true God. There is a God that is not of our own making. If you think about that, that's sort of a frightful thing. A God not of our own making. You know, when we, when we uh, make our own God, we, we can kind of do what we want. We can come up with a God who always approves of us, is always happy with us, even when we uh, do things that displease him. Uh, we can come up with a God that, uh, you know, just always blesses, never disciplines, uh, always uh, pats us on the head, never pats us on the backside. Uh, you know, this is the kind of God that we can uh, create uh, in our own imaginations. But, but this is a God not of our own making. We can't, we can't control this God. He is who he is. And so we are assured of this. This God who is God without our input is good. He's good. There is a God to whom we are ultimately answerable, and he is good. This is a reason to be thankful. The the one that we don't control, the one who we don't have any say over, the one who can do what he wishes, he is good. We have reason to be thankful. God is, and God is good. Not only is he good, but did you pick up on a theme throughout this psalm? His love endures forever. He is, he is good, he loves us, and his love endures forever. And because of these things, our our hearts should be thankful to And for God. So we should be thankful for who God is, and then we should be thankful for what God has done. We should be thankful for the good things that God has done in our lives. Verses 4 through 25 of the psalm give thanks to God for his activity in the lives of his people. Verses 5 through 9 give God thanks for his work in creation. And then verses 10 through 24, thank God for his work in preserving and defending the people of Israel. 
And then verse 25, give thanks to God for providing food for all of his creatures. And if we think about it, these verses should guide us in our own giving of thanks to God. How often do we overlook thanking God for his work in creation? There's something to thank God for. Friends, God has given us an incredibly beautiful place to live. You recognize that? Beautiful place to live. He's given us just the right balance of conditions to be able to live here. To be able to enjoy the, the beauty that he's given us. You know, we're, we're just far enough away from the sun not to be too, too hot. Not to fry. And, and we're, we're just uh, close enough to the sun not to freeze. God has been good to us in creation. We enjoy beautiful oceans. We enjoy mountains and forests and, and prairies. And they're all beautiful. Here in Ohio, we are blessed with changing seasons. At least three of the four we're blessed with. <laughs> we were blessed with all four. Uh, the colors of the leaves that just recently fell off of the trees. Is there anything more beautiful than that? I mean, we, we often kind of diss central Ohio. You know, you, you know, we do that. No mountains, no oceans. Uh, no large bodies of waters that uh, men didn't make. And, uh, and so we kind of diss uh, central Ohio, but have you ever driven through the Hocking Hills in the fall? I mean, it's beautiful. God has blessed us with great beauty, beautiful uh, sunrises and sunsets, the beauty of a full moon on a cloudless night. And here's something to think about. Everything that we experience of this beautiful creation that God has given us is only in its fallen condition. It's not the way God created it. It was more beautiful than this in the beginning, and it will be more beautiful than this in the future. And yet, even in its fallen condition, the, the best that, that the enemy could do, God's creation still shines through. The beauty of his creation still is evident, even in the midst of a fallen world. I mean... It really is something to thank God for, the beauty that we get to behold. We thank Him for His work in creation, and we thank Him for His work in our lives. These verses speak of God's care for the nation of Israel. They speak of His faithfulness to the nation of Israel. The word the NIV translates uh, as love as the word has said, which means covenant love. And so the psalmist is celebrating the covenant love of God, the, the faithfulness of God to his people. And, and what this means, this, this idea of covenant love, is that God is bound. He has bound himself to his people. He, he has made a commitment to his people. And that commitment continues even when his people are not faithful to him. When his people are unfaithful, God remains faithful. And like the psalmist was, we should be very thankful, very grateful for a God who is faithful when we are unfaithful. If his faithfulness to us was dependent on our faithfulness to him, we would be in a world of trouble. But it's not. 
He has made a commitment to us. He is faithful even when we are not. Like them, God has done a lot in our lives. From his daily provision of bread to his sustaining us during times of trial and tragedy to his great love for us that was ultimately expressed in Jesus living a sinless life for us, dying a substitutionary death for us, and then rising to life again for us, demonstrating that our problem with God had been fixed, our debt had been paid, and we could enter in to a relationship with God and we could be saved for eternity. I especially like verses 23 and 24. To the one who redeemed us in our low estate and freed us from our enemies. Can any of you think back before your time with Jesus and is there much better explanation, much better description of it than low estate? He redeemed us from that low estate. And he has freed us from our enemies. We're going to hear from some folks in a little bit. And you're going to to hear some of the things that people have been freed from. Enemies. things Things that sought to destroy them. And yet God delivered them from it. And then this theme that we observed. God's love endures forever. No matter what. No matter how often we fail him. No matter how often we fall short of his best for us, no matter the difficulty that we have to go through in life, no matter the challenges that still lie ahead of us, his love endures forever. He will be with us through everything that life holds in store for us. And so I just ask you to reflect today. What has God done in your life? And have you been mindful to thank God for the good things that he has done in your life. I I don't like having to admit this, but so many times in my life I have found that I will cry out to God for something. I mean, it may be something I'm I'm really worried about, and my heart just cries out to God, God, please, please answer this appeal. Please allow this thing to come about, or please keep that thing from happening. And And then it happens, and I just go on as if, of course, it was going to happen. Don't ever stop to thank God for the fact that he answered my prayer. And how often do we do that? Appeal, appeal, pray, pray, cry out, cry out. God gives us what we ask for, and we never say thanks. So, what has God done in your life? Have you been mindful to thank Him? It should not be that we fail to thank Him. And so my appeal to all of us today is that we would not allow this holiday, uh, this Thanksgiving holiday, to, to pass without really turning our attention to thanking God, to genuinely thanking Him, to, to turning our attention to all the ways that He has blessed us, and allowing our hearts to overflow in thanks to Him. So we thank Him for who He is. We thank Him for what He's done. And then the final verse of the chapter ends with another reminder of who He is. Give thanks to the God 
of heaven. It seems to me like the psalmist is doing something like this. He's saying, uh, thank God for who he is. Thank God for what he's done. And really, you ought to thank him for who he is. He is deserving of praise just for who he is. He is the creator and sustainer of life. And, and you know, we Christians always often celebrate uh, the fact that he's the creator, but sometimes we forget to celebrate the fact that he's the sustainer. The thing does not go on without his control, his providing for it, his constant interaction with it. He sustains life. The scripture introduces him to us as the Alpha and Omega, the the one who's always been and the one who always will be. He is the one who knew every single one of us before we were ever born. He is the one who knows every single event that is going to happen in your life. Good and bad. He knows everything that's going to happen to your life. And he has promised to walk with you through each and every one of those experiences. There is nothing that will come to you. There is nothing that will come to me that God did not know about ahead of time. And that he has not made provision for ahead of time. Whether he delivers you or whether you go through something that brings grief to you. God knew about it. He planned for it. He will see you through it. He knows all. He has all power. There is no God but him. And so we are to thank him for who he is. We are to praise him for who he is. And so I would encourage you in your prayers this week, not just to thank God for what he's done in your life. Do that, but don't just do that. Thank him for who he is. Don't diminish the goodness of God by failing to properly recognize and thank him. Be thankful and give thanks. And we're also to be thankful for God's people. We are to be thankful for each other. You know, it's very easy when you get together with uh, any size group of people beyond one being yourself. It's very easy in any group greater than one to, to focus on the things that frustrate us about one another. So just an example, I came with a list of things that I'm frustrated with you all about. Um, not, not really. Just, just a joke. It is easy for us to identify faults with one another. Is this true? Yes. And, of course, we are called to hold one another accountable. We, we can't forget that. You know, we are to be iron sharpening iron. Uh, we are to come alongside each other and say, hey, I think you're getting off course. I, you know, just want to lovingly suggest that maybe you consider that uh, something you're doing isn't right. Uh, but we need to make sure that we're also properly considering the blessing that God's people are in our lives. We, we need to make sure that we are mindful of the good things that other Christians bring to our lives. 
And when we fail to be mindful of the blessings of God's people in our lives, we are once again in our own hearts diminishing the goodness of God to us. You know why that is? Because the body of Christ, all of us together, is God's idea. It's God's idea. And what he means us to be to one another is a blessing. He has given us to each other as a blessing. He has given us to each other as a way of helping us become the people that he wants us to be. In 1 Thessalonians 1, 2, and 3, the Apostle Paul wrote this uh, to the church, God's people in Thessalonica. He was speaking for himself, Silas, and Timothy. And he wrote, We always thank God for all of you, mentioning you in our prayers. We continually remember before our God and Father your work produced by faith, your labor prompted by love, and your endurance inspired by hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. Notice first that Paul says, we always thank God for all of you. As we think about the people that God has connected us to, they're all around you today. We are to be thankful for every one of them. There is not a member of Christ's body that we do not have some reason to be thankful for. In some cases, it requires more looking. <laughs> Just joking. Just joking. That was one of those ones that was much funnier in my, in my head. So we should be thankful for each other individually. We should also never forget that we are spiritually one body. One body. We are to be thankful for the individual members of the body, and then we are to be thankful for the entire body that has been fitly joined together by God for our good. Paul thanks God for them, and he says, mentioning, uh, he says that he mentions them in his prayers. He isn't just quietly thankful to God for God's people. He actually expresses thanks to God for the people that God has put in his life. And we ought to mention one another in our prayers to God. Not just, uh, and not, not, not just lifting each other's needs before the Lord, but also thanking God for the gift that our brothers and sisters are to us. And then Paul shares three specific things that he's thankful for about the church in Thessalonica. He says that he's thankful for their work produced by faith, their labor prompted by love, and their endurance inspired by hope. And friends, I want you to know that I see all of those things at work in you. And I am thankful for that. I am thankful for those whose work is produced by, uh, by faith. I am thankful for you. And there are a lot of you in this church. And I appreciate it. When I read this in preparing for today's message, my, my mind, among others, went to the El Salvador team. And, and I thought of their work. 
you know, the saving and the raising of money, the, the planning that goes into that, the, the travel to a distant country, their hard labor in building houses or retaining walls, they're serving the local church in uh, San Jacinto, they're encouraging the local pastor of that church, their love and care for the kids in that community. And I was thankful as I thought about them. Because I knew that they were an example of what the Apostle Paul was talking about, which is work produced by faith. I I thought of our food pantry team and our flight school team and our worship team and all the various ways that this body of believers serves and worships and ministers together. I know that this work is produced by your faith in Christ by your response of gratitude for God's goodness to you, by your belief that Jesus Christ really is the answer for mankind. And so I think of you, I think of these teams, and I am thankful for God's people. And I'm thankful for those whose labor is prompted by love. Labor prompted by love. When I read this note of thanks this week, my mind went to uh, Paul Leffler, who comes in here uh, nearly every single week, and, and most weeks, multiple days of the week, and faithfully works at keeping the building maintained, doing odd jobs that need done, doing special projects that we need done. Why does he do it? Well, he'll tell you that he does it because... He enjoys having something to do. He'll tell you that he does it because he likes to be able to come in and work at his own pace. And I know he's telling the truth. He he does like it for those reasons. But I know that behind all of that, Paul comes in here and what he does is labor that is prompted by love. You see, God's been good to Paul. Yes, there's been difficulty, but Paul recognizes God's goodness to him. And his labor is prompted by his love for God. I I think of Kathy Smellick, who serves in so many ways. Some seen, more uh, more, uh, of them unseen. And I know that her labor is prompted by love. And I am thankful to God for that. I think of Karen Knofel. I don't know if Karen's in here. She's probably in children's ministry. I think of Karen Knofel. She serves in our children's ministry so often. And when she does, she is almost always the last person out of the building. Come on, Karen. Time to go. Let's go. Got people waiting at the restaurant. Well, let's go. <laughs> but she's serving. Oh, there she is. (laughs) She she is serving so faithfully, and I know that is labor that is prompted by love. She loves God. She loves our kids. Labor prompted by love. And I see this, and I am thankful for God's people. And I'm thankful for those whose endurance is inspired by hope. In our Lord Jesus Christ. I think of George and Carol Norton. Been through a lot. 
suffered a lot of hurtful things this year, but they are enduring. Why are they enduring? Because their hope is in our Lord Jesus Christ. Not in the circumstances of their lives, but in our Lord Jesus Christ. I think of that, and I am thankful for God's people. I think of others who are facing uh, difficulties that I know are very great, and yet you're enduring them. Your endurance is inspired by your hope in Jesus. And when I think of you, I am thankful for God's people. Think of those who have lost loved ones, endured financial hardship, stood firm in the face of mistreatment by people who should have loved you. And I know you've endured because of your hope in Jesus. And I think of this, and I am thankful for God's people. I think of some of you who have lost relationships that were dear to you because of your commitment to Christ. And I know that you have endured because of your hope in him. And when I think of you, I am thankful. Have we each properly considered the blessing that God's people are in our lives? Are we thankful for them? Are we thankful for the blessing that they've been? Have we expressed that to God? Have we expressed it to those people? Christian, be thankful for God and his people and express that thanks for God and his people. To fail to do so is to diminish in our hearts the goodness of God in our lives, to make it less than what it really is. Let's not do that. Let's not be people like that. Let's properly consider God's goodness and give him thanks. Let's properly consider the blessing God's people are to us and express our thanks both to God and to those people. I've asked uh, several people to come forward today and as we uh, kind of um, begin to to work toward um, a close, I've asked them to share specific things that they are thankful for. And so if you guys get ready to do that, but before they do, I just want to share a few things that I am personally thankful for. I want all of you to know that I really am thankful for all of you that make up Vineyard Christian Church. I consider it a great honor. I consider it a privilege uh, to be able to serve as your pastor. And I am continually grateful to God for how he has assembled this body of believers together. You know, we've had challenges at times, and I know that we'll face challenges in the future. But one of the things that I've always been thankful to God for is that for the most part, God has always brought people to us that we're really able to distinguish those things that are important and those things that are not important. And that is a blessing to a church because so often in churches, people elevate unimportant things to important status and then take important things and relegate them as being unimportant. And so I have been so thankful for people uh, as a whole who have just been really good at understanding what is important and what is not. I am so thankful for that. 
You know, it's a bit dangerous to do this because I can't list uh, everybody that I'm thankful for. It would just take too long. But I do want to express some specific gratitude for a few people and, and a few specific things. So consider this representative, not, not exhaustive. Uh, I am very thankful for our elders, uh, Andrew Lang and Jeff Hammond, who have been with the church since we started and have served so faithfully. I, I am very thankful for Jarrell Godsey and John Notstein, who offer invaluable uh, insight and counsel uh, to the Board of Elders in a, a very uh, consistent manner. Uh, I am thankful that even though every church planting guru I talked to before we planted this church said, within five years, everybody who starts out at the church will be gone... I am thankful that even though every single one of them said that, seven years later, almost everybody who started out with the church remains with the church. Now, there have been a few exceptions to that, but almost all of the exceptions have been people that had to leave for work or were returning to a home state there have been just very few instances where it was a disagreement over the vision of the church. And so I am just so thankful uh, that, that we bucked that trend, not just at the five-year mark, but still at the seven-year mark. And, and so my heart is just full of thanks uh, for that. I am thankful for Scott and Stephanie uh, Vandenberg, who are the longest tenured members of Vineyard Christian uh, Church, and I uh, just appreciate them very much. Just for the record, you don't technically get tenure, um, but uh, that's more of an academic thing, but uh, anyway. <laughs> I am thankful that after years of operating on less staff than what we really needed, that God has enabled us to hire the staff that we need. And uh, I'm not going to start thanking all of Well, there's not that many of them still. Ben, I'm so thankful for you. Shua, very thankful for you. Patty, I was thankful for you while you're uh, here. Tears, I'm thankful for. Who else? Karen, I'm thankful for. Uh, and I'm also thankful for uh, the staff member that I live with, Michelle. And uh, so I'm thankful for her. I'm thankful for everyone who uh, leads and serves on a volunteer basis. Uh, some of our most significant ministries here in the church are led by volunteers. And uh, so we thank you guys uh, very much. I I'm thankful that I believe that this is a church that has a heart for people who don't know Jesus. I think you're a people who uh, we, we may stumble sometimes. We, we, we may occasionally fall into a, legal, a little bit of legalism here and there. But for the most part, this is a church that has a heart for people who don't know Jesus. And you get excited about extending grace and mercy to people. And I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful that you're allowing God to control your time, talent, and your money. We have seen a significant increase in the financial giving of the church over this calendar year, which makes no sense with what's going on in the world around us. And I am thankful uh, for that. And I'm thankful for God's grace uh, to my mother, sustaining her uh, last year through a cancer diagnosis, surgery, treatment. I'm thankful for the peaceful and faith-filled way that she faced that. And I'm especially thankful that a year after her surgery, she remains cancer-free. Amen.
I'm thankful for my family, for Michelle, my sons Aaron and Austin, my parents and my brother and his family, uh, all who are here in the church. And most of all, I am thankful for God's grace in my life. Like every single one of you, I am simply a sinner saved by the grace of God, empty-handed, nothing to offer God, saved by grace. And I am thankful that God sent his one and only son to die for me so that I could believe on him and be saved. I am thankful today. Amen. And we're going to hear from uh, some of your brothers and sisters in Christ. Uh, Those of you who are prepared to give your testimony, you can just come on up. My name is Rick Flagel. Before coming into faith with Christ, I had thought everything was a coincidence. Now that his love and guidance has entered my life, I realize that everything is a well-thought-out master plan from our Father Creator. I am thankful. morning. My name is Renee Lockhart. Um, I had made a really bad choice and it led to a really bad relationship. I was scared and my life was in danger. In desperation, I cried out to Jesus and out of love, he protected me. I'm so thankful. I am Mike Wolf. The opportunities that I've had at the Vineyard for growth and fellowship and service, coupled with genuine relationships with godly people, has truly transformed my walk with Jesus. For that, I am eternally thankful. servant to alcohol for many years. I prayed to God for help with that problem, and he did, and I am so thankful. My name is Marlene Spangler, and I want to thank this church for Brian and for Ben and for everyone because they're fantastic. They're the best pastors I have ever known. Could you say that again right there? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. (laughs) I do not lie. I was lost in a cult called Unity for 10 years. 
I was deceived by half-truth, and I was full of pride. I was rescued by God's voice. Then I sought his truth. Now I am forever committed to Jesus Christ, and I am very thankful. That's been good. Why don't you stand?